Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It's 20 August. It's uh, 2017 still, but it's 20 August. It's uh, in Florida. It's still what three months of summer to go. I mean, good at least two. But uh, wow, it was a brutal week. Anyway, uh, let's see here what we have for you today. Um, I got a bandana on, which is uh, autism awareness bandana. It's to raise awareness for autism, and it is um, something that my friends Kyle and Shella, who live out in uh, California, sent to me. They have two children with autism and uh, wonderful people, and it's a trial for them each day, I know, but they love the Lord, and they look at the Lord's hand in their life with children with autism. And so uh, it's a wonderful bandana, and uh, it's one of those slippery ones, and so you can't put it on your head without it popping right off. So Hidako last night sewed a another piece on the inside, a cotton piece, so that I could wear it, and uh, it seems to be holding on pretty well, so praise the Lord for that. And... Um, it's what? Staples work. Too. Staples work too. Yeah, that, and if, in this head, it wouldn't matter anyway. So, um, and then I, uh, I've mentioned this lady before. I got something new in the mail from her. She does tracks for witnessing to Jewish people, and a lot of people emailed me, and I forwarded those emails on to her. She also sent in something today that if you have somebody you want to evangelize or learn how to evangelize, she has done a complete pamphlet on how to evangelize Jewish people. All verses from Scripture that show how Scripture is fulfilled in Christ. It's very detailed. And um, if you want to get a hold of that, I would ask that you email me and I can send that on to her. Once again, she did not ask me to say this. She in no way uh, is profiting off this, but I would ask that if you do email and want one from her, that you'd send her something because she spent all this time putting this together and she's got to send out the postage and everything. But it is marvelous. So there you go. And somebody to highlight this week, as I do always. And this is somebody, I don't know how many people, if anybody, has ever watched all of the Prophecy Updates with the exception of this person. Now, there may be a few people that have, but, I mean, the first couple Prophecy Updates we did, we had a couple people watch, and, you know, it was just, you know, I'd never done something like that. Somebody just said, why don't you do a Prophecy Update? And I started. I know she's watched every single one of them, and her name is Jude Lee. She's from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And she says, I'm a Blue Star mom. My son Reuben is a sergeant in the United States Army, um, Oklahoma National Guard's 45th Infantry. He will be deployed in the fall overseas. Other National Guards do not go, but the 45th goes often. Then she goes directly into a dog that she once had. And she talks about it for the next for the entire thing, and it's very very interesting. It's very heart touching, and uh, it, it's marvelous. She said, um, "Faith, her dog was born just before Christmas, o two. My son brought her home to us about three weeks later. She was not injured, but was born with defects. Her mother was naturally putting her down, but Reuben interrupted that process. She was born without her front right leg, and her front left leg was placed behind her. It was eventually removed. She learned to walk with." Um, encouragement and prayer. We took her to hospitals and places where people who were in need of inspiration could see her. She loved everyone she met and was active in both the United States Army, having been commissioned in 2006 until her death in 2014. 
She was on Oprah, Nova, Discover, Animal Planet, and many other shows around the world. It's just a wonderful thing. Yeah, that that's hers. It's such a touching thing. She worked with Wounded Warriors and will soon uh, be the subject for e-learning books as well as a series of children's books. She was almost 12 when she passed. She traveled the world and domestically. She rode first class more than 300 times. They flew her all over the world first class and was always available to be a therapy dog even during those flights. Her book is Faith Walks which you can order online. I'm not asking you to do that, and she didn't ask you to do that, but it's, uh, it tells her story. Faith walks. She was awesome. She went to Florida at least six times. I wish we would have known you then. She would have loved your beard. So there you go. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, I'm so sorry that she missed her, uh, you know, uh, that she missed her legs, but... If she was a regular dog, she never would have been able to touch people like that. So it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful story. And yeah, even today, she's touching lives. But uh, there's something about uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, that maybe some of you don't know, and I thought I'd throw this in at the end of it, because to me, it was the coolest part of going around the country in 2010 and preaching at all the capitals. The coolest part of Oklahoma capital is it's unique in all of the capitals in America for a specific reason. Does anybody here know what it is? It has, it's the only capital complex that has an active oil well, drilling oil, right on the Capitol ground. Right when you drive in the front gate, right in front of the, uh, the uh, Capitol building, there's this oil well pulling up oil. So they're making money while they're telling you to give you your, their taxes. So pretty wonderful stuff. But uh, I want to send our love off to Jude and let her know how much that touched me reading this. Our first category, as always, is Israel. And just something that I read in the news, I think it was this morning, may have been last night, Netanyahu is going to Sochi uh, this week to meet with Putin. We'll keep an eye on that and see uh, what happens. But, uh, you know, the, the world is lining up so quickly with what we would expect from the Gog-Magog battle that, you know, you never know when he goes up there if they get upset at each other or if things go well or whatever. It's just we're going to keep an eye on that meeting with uh, Putin. Our first article is from Ynet. New Israeli system capable of identifying explosive devices from afar. This is very cool. It's something that we wish we would have had maybe uh, when our soldiers were over in, um, especially in Iraq because of all of the IEDs. But uh, here's what they have to say about that. The uh, IAI has recently completed the development of the CIMS mobile system, integrating optic sensors with radars to expose roadside charges before forces even go near them. The CIMS suite is comprised of radars capable of 270-degree reception and cameras that are able to automatically scan their surroundings. The combination of these two features allows the system to operate effectively and reliably in all weather conditions, at night and even under cover of fog and dust. It displays its findings on a screen inside the vehicle's cabin. When it recognizes an IED, and this is something off in the distance, it's not anything close, it alerts soldiers with both indicators and beeps to stop in their tracks. Then the CIMS suite scans the surrounding area in an attempt to locate further charges and then moves to phase three of its operation, which involves photographing the charges and performing an algorithm-based study of them, categorizing them according to different parameters such as the charge's weight, type, destructive capacity, and more. 
To do this, the system's engineers use technology similar to facial recognition technology already in place in social networks. Different weapon systems, and this is my favorite part, such as machine guns, may also be installed to enable soldiers to shoot at the charges from afar without dismounting from the vehicle. So they can identify it. They can tell how big it is. If it's not too big and they want to you know, target it and blow it up without harming themselves, they can. Great, great system. So we are entering a real new phase for the protection of soldiers around the world. Great stuff. From Behold Israel. Hamas underground barrier is a declaration of war, okay? Israel's putting in underground barriers to keep these people from infiltrating their sovereign territory. They're going down 30 feet with concrete walls and up as well along their borders, which is their legal right to do, and Hamas says that is a declaration of war. The underground barrier will be built on the Gaza border with Israel and Gaza border with Egypt. It will also extend out into the Mediterranean Sea. The barrier will include smart sensory technology to detect tunnel construction. Hamas warned Israel that the construction of the barrier was a declaration of war. Israel responded, warning Hamas that it had mapped Hamas's assets hidden under civilian sites in Gaza, stating that the location of the tunnel shafts in these buildings is intended to disguise them under civilian cover. They know they're there. They know they're under civilian areas. And here's what they think about it. In wartime, these exploited locations become legitimate targets. So they're military targets under international law. They're not fooling around with these people. If there are civilians in there and we know a tunnel's there, we're going to blow it up anyway. And we have the legal right to do it. Since the Gaza Strip was taken over by Hamas, Israel has been subject to rocket attacks and terror tunnels into Israel territory for over a decade. In February of this year, Egypt destroyed a Hamas smuggling tunnel from the Gaza Strip into the Sinai Peninsula. The Egyptian military located and destroyed the tunnel that went 20 meters underground. The tunnel was used for smuggling weapons, had oxygen tanks, and was wired for outside communication. You want that kind of trash coming into your sovereign territory? Absolutely not. So they can shut up now. From um, Ynet, I'll give you just a few titles. Poll finds 60% of Israelis support same-sex adoptions. From the tablet, new dating site helps LGBTQ Jews find love. No more pictures necessary. From the LA Times, one military that has no problem with transgender soldiers, Israel's. And from Charisma, priests trained to enter Holy of Holies for the first time in a millennia. They are now actively training priests to do the work in the Holy of Holies when they rebuild this temple. It's not a question of if it's coming. It's a question of when it's coming, and it won't be long. And just so you know, we are in Leviticus right now. Uh, In just a couple more weeks, we're going to be doing Leviticus chapter 16, which is exactly the only time that he can enter into the Holy of Holies is on the Day of Atonement. And uh, for those of you, I will announce this again before we get to that sermon. When It'll be about eight more weeks. It's already started typing it, but I do them about eight weeks in advance. A lot of people will send me links on the feasts of the Lord, and they'll say, well, the spring feasts are fulfilled, the fall feasts are not. They point to Israel's future. Okay, that's a heresy. That is not true. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law in its entirety. If he didn't fulfill the fall feasts, then he didn't fulfill the law. Okay, and people are always saying, I know you think that, but here, watch this video. I don't need to watch the video. I know exactly what happens on the Day of Atonement, all right? And when you see that sermon, which I hope you will watch, it is, it is the most interesting passage you will find probably in the Old Testament. It's going to take about three or four sermons to get through it. And um, anyway, 
nobody will say after they watch that sermon that the uh, feast of Yom Kippur is not fulfilled in Christ. Nobody will say that. And if Yom Kippur is fulfilled in Christ, then guess what? The other two fall feasts are fulfilled in Christ. Okay, so have no doubt about it. Don't make any mistake in your theology that the feasts of the Lord are not fulfilled. Now, there is something to be said about the feasts of the Lord. When a person has a birthday, they have one birthday for their whole life. Everybody got that? And then after that, you celebrate the day of your birth. Everybody got that? It's the same thing with the feasts of the Lord. They are fulfilled in their entirety in Christ, and there are memorials after that. But they are fulfilled. Be assured of that, and please watch that sermon. You will you will be edified in a way that you never imagined watching the uh, Leviticus 16 Day of Atonement rituals, which he conducted, and now they are practicing that in Israel. And I don't condone that. I don't think Israel is doing the right thing, but it is what the Bible says will happen. In Daniel 9, 24 through 27, it says that there will be a temple and that the temple will be there. Okay, we know this is coming. It's part of prophecy being fulfilled, but Christ is the fulfillment of all of those things. They have missed their Messiah, and they will see this eventually, and they will call on him, as Jesus said with his own mouth. But to uh, look at that Yom Kippur and how it is fulfilled in Christ is really astonishing. So we'll go on from Christian News today. I have been watching over, it takes me, if I watch a one hour, I I, I don't watch videos ever, and uh, we don't have TV anymore. All we do once in a while is at dinner time, we'll watch one hour of TV while we're eating. And um, it took me several days to get through it because uh, it's about an hour and a half long. But there is a movie that you can watch on Netflix, and I recommend it highly. It's called Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. Okay, this guy is a uh, he was questioned about his faith in the Bible, about the reliability of the Bible. And he details patterns in Exodus, which are very, very wonderful. Most modern scholars will date the Exodus at a certain year. Okay, 1300 B.C. or something. And it's not. And how do I know that this guy is correct and that the modern scholars are incorrect? Is because we went from the opposite direction. We started with Genesis 1-1, and we've worked all the way up to Leviticus. Then there's no doubt that starting at the beginning of the Bible and following the chronology, you will come out to about 1450 B.C. that the Exodus occurred. Okay? And he goes backwards the other way. It is very good. And it will, if you have any questions about the reliability of the Bible, it will edify you in this. You will have no questions about this particular issue when you're done. Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. Please watch it. So from Africa News, we talked about the uh, Church of England now ordaining homosexuals. And that the first one is coming soon to a church near you over there. I think it'll be September. Um, from Africa, Archbishop of Uganda to boycott global meeting over gay marriages. Stanley Natagali, the Archbishop of Uganda, has disclosed that he will not attend the next meeting of the Anglican leaders citing the gradual acceptance of same-sex marriage by the church. Kampala said he was not prepared to engage with people who took an unbiblical view of marriage. I'm very proud of this man. The Archbishop made an early exit from the last leaders meeting held in January 2016, citing the same issue as reason for his action. There's this giant split in the Anglican church now because of this issue. Two of the church's main branches have elected to support same-sex marriage in the recent past, the Scottish and Canadian Episcopal churches. That, along with the Episcopal church in the United States, are completely apostate. From Christian Times, robbing God? Literally. One in ten Protestant churches experiences embezzlement. 
This is something I never even imagined would happen in a church, but they've done a survey and they found this out. About one in 10 Protestant churches has someone embezzle funds, according to a new survey of 1,000 Protestant senior pastors. Most churches rely on volunteers to handle their finances. Sad time there. From East Anglian Daily Times, how do you get rid of the last problem? Suffolk churches over in England to trial contactless and cashless payments in bid to halt declining donations. The move is in response to the soaring number of people using contactless payments, which can be made by just tapping a card or a phone on a reader. And so now you do contactless uh, payments and you won't have anybody stealing your funds, at least that way. But if somebody can uh, you know, access your bank account, then you lose it all anyway, whatever. From Christian Post, Christian persecution in India hits record high in the first half of 2017. We know that we had Pastor Itty and I told you about the missionary and his wife. They bust her arm so badly that uh, people helped out and sent her money and she's okay now. I've gotten good reports on her progress, but it's very sad that India is really, really getting down on their Christians. Uh, from the Daily Wire, ABC's chief political analyst, radical Christians as misguided and frightening as Radical Muslims. There you go. Yes, that's ABC. So I, I, I have yet to see any Christians go out and blow anybody up, you know, to stab people in the streets, to ram cars into them or anything else like that. Has not happened. It's not going to happen if the person is a believer in Christ. Okay, they can say that guy is a white guy that ran over those people in Charlotte, and so he must be a Christian. They, they make these illogical connections. It's nothing to do with it. Anyway, there you go. Um, from Washington Times... Atheists. This is something we mentioned a couple weeks ago. I mentioned it a few months ago as well, but this will set up the next article. Atheists are appalled by the White House Bible study. Okay? Yes. Next article, charisma. White House staffers' boldness for Christ rattles the mainstream media. In an age where the mainstream media isn't bashful about attacking believers for their faith in Christ, especially politicians, Sarah Huckabee Sanders makes no apologies. In the face of sometimes hostile press corps, sometimes daily hostile press corps, the new White House press secretary says she will not separate her faith from her work, and it's something the press should learn to deal with. Good job, girl. If you are anybody of authentic faith, then it has to be the primary thing that drives everything you do. Any Christian that cannot say this needs to reevaluate their walk with Christ. If you don't, I'm going to read it again just so you understand this. If you can't say what she just said, you need to reevaluate your walk with Christ. She said, um, if you are anybody of authentic faith, then it has to be the primary thing that drives everything you do. Some people say you can separate your faith from your work. I feel much the opposite. Your faith defines who you are. I'm certainly not going to shy away from it. She reads from a book of Christian devotionals prior to every White House press briefing. Good girl again. Trump's tendency towards volatility with his words and social media posts presents her big challenges. Some of Trump's comments during his presidential campaign bothered her, but she backs him 100%. During the election, we were looking for a commander-in-chief, not a pastor, exactly what I said many months ago. People want to make politicians perfect, and that's one of the actual beauties of Christianity, understanding that 
No one is. So we did not elect a pastor-in-chief. We elected a commander-in-chief, and I support this man completely, and I'm so happy that she is as well, and I'm so thankful for her stand. Let's say a prayer for this lady. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the witness that she is making there in the nation's White House every single day as she approaches the lion's den. And she has been able to withstand the attacks of the lions day after day. And I would ask that you would continue to help her to do so, that you would be glorified through her testimony and that the entire White House would see that there's a woman of God and want to know what makes her different. And all of them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through people's witnesses such as this. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful stuff there. Thank you, Sarah. From Islam Today, Spain, right? Spain? It was a kind of a tough week for them, wasn't it? What about Wolf Blitzer? Anybody see what he said? He said that they modeled their attack after the guy in Charlottesville, uh, uh, Virginia. Yeah, he said that. And let me tell you something. They have been planning this for a long, long time. Wolf Blitzer needs to be removed. Even if he's a lefty, he is so such an idiot that it's, it's a disgrace to have him on the airwaves. He needs to be removed entirely. But this is where we're at in the world, that uh, Christians are being blamed for something that Muslims are doing, and they are doing it because it is a part of their religion. It's an edict that they have in their religion. Anyway, from Reuters, Iran eyes more funds for missiles and guards after U.S. sanctions. Iran's parliament gave initial approval to a bill to boost spending on Tehran's missile program and the elite revolutionary guards in retaliation for new sanctions imposed by the U.S. Lawmakers overwhelmingly approved the outlines of the bill to counter America's terrorist and adventurous actions, as some chanted death to America. The measure came in retaliation to legislation passed by the U.S. Congress and signed by President Trump in early August to impose new sanctions on Iran over its missile program. The measure would also allocate over $260 million each to Iran's ballistic missile program and the Quds Force, the external arm of the IRGC, which is deployed to battlefields in Iraq and Syria. So they're just they're spending money that they could be using on something productive in death, as they always do. From Israel, Hayom, Mossad chief, wherever ISIS retreats, guess what? Iran fills the void. Mossad director Yossi Cohen warned that Iran was gaining strength in the region and that this could pose a serious threat to Israeli security. Cohen briefed cabinet ministers on the various threats and challenges facing Israel, placing a particular emphasis on Iran and its involvement in Syria, making note of the ceasefire that was declared in the southern part of the country last month. The Mossad chief noted the rejection of Israel's repeated demand that the ceasefire find agreement brokered by Russia and the U.S. specifically stipulate the removal of Iran-affiliated and Shiite militias from the Israeli border region and stress that this was not something that Israel should tolerate. Cohen also told the ministers that since the signing of the nuclear agreement, Iran's economy has been booming. As for the agreement itself, Cohen insisted that Iran has not abandoned its nuclear aspirations despite the 10-year delay stipulated in the agreement. Exactly correct. Our previous president knew this would be the case. He signed this deal knowing that their economy would take off, that they would become greater enemies of both us and Israel. Our previous president should be behind bars. End of story there. From Ynet, Jordan worried by Iran's expanding influence in Syria. Jordan's information minister says the kingdom opposes the present Shiite militias supported by Iran on its border. 
The Syrian army has recently managed to regain some of the 30 kilometers of its border with Jordan, previously held by rebel organizations. It did so with the help of Iranian-backed Shiite organizations. This is unacceptable. We view this presence as a strategic threat and will take the necessary steps to ensure there is security and stability on our border. You wonder why Jordan is not being involved in Gog Magog, in, as the Bible says? It's because Israel is who they're going to turn to for protection against Iran. That's exactly what is going to happen there. There are regional countries that see this issue more severely than Jordan. The international community and world powers regard the matter with the same severity that Jordan does. From Behold Israel, Iran's military chief held meetings with counterpart Erdogan in Ankara. Iran's military chief of the Revolutionary Guard, General Mohammed Bagheri, visited Turkey, meeting with Turkish military and political officials. The meetings centered on Syria, the Kurds, and counterterrorism. Once again, who is coming against Israel? Turkey. So you've got Turkey, you've got Russia, you've got Iran, we've got Libya, who's being worked on by Russia and Iran. All of these countries which are named are all forming alliances and working together right now. It was the first visit by an Iranian chief of staff to Turkey since 1979 Islamic Revolution. It shows you the importance of this. The meetings were reportedly centered on Syria and Kurdish forces on the Iranian and Turkey borders and follows a meeting held in early August between Turkey, Russia, and Iran and Syria. Additionally, all of them, you know, are involved in this. Additionally, last week, Iran, Turkey, and Russia had all signed a deal on investment in oil and gas fields. This week's visit is just another sign of the rapidly increasing relations, economic, political, and military, between Turkey, Iran, and Russia. Go read your Bible, Ezekiel 36. You'll see exactly what's being talked about there. Exactly. It's coming in our lifetime. From Mongolia today, Reuters, Mongolia says its GDP expands 5.3% year-on-year in the first half. Mongolia's economic growth accelerated sharply in the first half of 2017, the government said. Helped by a revived coal market and a bailout package led by the IMF, the country's GDP expanded 5.3% to 12.8 trillion tugriks. That's a lot of money. Actually, it's only $5.26 billion, but it sounds like a lot. So, in the first quarter, Mongolia reported 4.2% annual growth. For all of 2016, it expanded only 1%, the slowest pace in seven years. So they are starting to pick up again, thank goodness. The coal industry in Mongolia has been a boon from a, a Chinese ban on coal from North Korea and curbs on deliveries into smaller ports. Coal exports grew more than four times from January through July compared with the same period last year. Mongolia sold 97% of its coal to China. Now that's bad because you're relying all of your economy on one country, but at least they're making money, with the remainder going to Russia and the United Kingdom. Copper exports in the first seven months of this year fell by 14.3%, okay? Now, when copper falls, it means that the economies of the world are not doing well because copper is used in building houses and things like that, okay? They're, they say, I think it's 240 pounds of copper in every house in America. And so when you're building a house, you need a lot of copper, their economy will go up because of that. It shows you that houses are not being built in America at this time. But if you see copper suddenly go way up, way up, you know that war is coming because they use a lot of copper in, in casings for shells and for bullets and things like that. So keep your eye on copper at all times. And one of these days, if you see it spike, get your bomb shelter out, okay? Daniel 12 Technology 
I'm going to call this boldly going, if you know the, uh, the uh, entry there. Extreme Tech, you can now visit the International Space Station on Google Street View. You know, you go into Google and you just go around streets. You can now go up to the International Space Station and go through all of the pods and stuff. With uh, the help of the station's crew, Google has rolled out an interactive version of the station in Google Maps. You can go explore right now. By snapping multiple photos, Google could stitch them together into a 360-degree image. The next issue Google had to contend with is a lack of up and down in space. If the photos are taken in roughly the same orientation, you could end up with weird artifacts and seams where the images meet up. Google's Street View team worked with NASA's Johnson Space Center and Marshall Space Flight Center to figure out a method for taking the necessary photos in a weightless environment. They came up with a technique involving bungee cords, where they stretched across each section of the station to create a vertical and horizontal plane. The crew could then rotate the camera around the central point where the cords crossed. The images cover most of the station's areas, including the Destiny Lab module, Tranquility module, cargo blocks, and even the Bigelow Expandable Activity module. So if you want to go explore, go for it. I did it. It's fun. All right. Uh, from Telegraph, NASA to wake up New Horizons spacecraft for voyage into the mysterious third zone. New Horizons, I don't know if you know what's going on. New Horizons was launched eons ago and has been flying through space, okay? And eventually, they shut it down because it's in a part of space that nobody needs to see here. There's nothing going on. They are now going to reactivate that, okay? New Horizons, which captured incredible images of Pluto in July 2015, was powered down in April to conserve energy as it traveled through the Kuiper Belt, a region of icy debris which encircles the sun and planets, also known as the third zone. On September 11th, the spacecraft will awaken for its 16-month journey to MU-69, an ancient object which is thought to be one of the early building blocks of the solar system. The space rock had not even been discovered when the craft launched in 06, and the flyby will be the most distant in the history of space exploration, a billion miles beyond Pluto and four billion miles from Earth. Recent observations of MU-69 from the Hubble Space Telescope show that it is probably two binary objects or a pair of space rocks stuck together, their bodies which are each around 12 miles across. New Horizons was the fastest spacecraft to ever launch and is partly powered by nuclear energy. It is carrying the ashes, listen to this, I didn't know it, of the scientist who discovered Pluto, Clyde Tombaugh, um, he died in 1997, nine years before New Horizons launch, but one of his final requests was for his ashes to be sent into space, and he is truly going where no man has gone before. <laughs> wow. From Revelation Plagues today, but first, I uh, want to let you know that I a few months ago, maybe two months ago, I did a Revelation Plagues survival video on how to throw a cast net, just in case you know the ball drops and we have not yet been raptured, but the economy collapses how to throw a cast net. Well, I did something a day ago because my daughter was in town is how to open a coconut. And I will include that in the Prophecy Update. So if you want to know how to open a coconut, it'll be linked right after this right now for the people online.
Okay, we're uh, in Sarasota, Florida, the home of coconuts, and uh, we got some coconuts that came down yesterday. And uh, just in case we have, you know, the ball drops before the uh, Lord comes for us, we need to know what to do. We need to know how to shoot guns to get little animals for food, and we need to know how to catch with our fish nets. And I've got a crab trap here. Crab trap, we'll, we'll do this sometime. I'll teach you how to fill up a crab trap. And if you want to dispose of liberals, this might be a good way of doing it. Anyway, um, I'm just kidding there, of course. Um, over here, we've got a coconut that's just coming out. It's a little baby. See, it's a little baby coconut. If you don't open them up and eat them, then you get a new tree. So we'll let that grow in the pot for a while, and then we'll uh, plant that, and we'll have more coconuts. Like say, in case the ball drops, there's always a need for coconuts. To open a coconut, though, you uh, need a hammer, and you need two screwdrivers, and then you just get in there and start pulling it apart. You gotta be careful though, because on the inside is the nut where the meat and the milk is. And so you just gotta not hit too hard. I think I might have just gone through the nut. If I did, then we're gonna have milk all over here in a second. But this is a kind of a crummy coconut. And the reason why is because it was sitting up against other coconuts. And by doing that, it makes this fiber kind of hard to take apart. But what you do is you just keep pulling the baby apart. And sure enough, it looks like I might have gone through the coconut right here. But we'll see. All right, so we're just going to pull all that off of there. There are other ways of doing this, but I'm kind of a simple guy. So I just use a hammer and, uh, and the screwdrivers, and that's all I need. Some people use, you know, machete, and they try to make it fancy and all that. I'm not into fancy. Fancy schmancy. Here we go. So here we go. We got uh, the coconut is out. This is your nut. If you have kids, they're nuts. This is my daughter taking the uh, movie today. She's visiting from New York. Anyway, so there's your coconut. Now what you need is this screwdriver. You got three eyes up on top, one, two, and three. The first eye is gonna be soft. The next one is gonna be kind of medium. And then the last one is gonna be hard. You just gotta figure out which one is the soft one, which one is the hard one, and which one is the medium one. Here's soft and medium right there. The reason why I do two of them is because, Okasan! Is because uh, you want to have air to get in one hole to let the milk out of the other one. Okasan! Oideo! Let me get all that out. Actually, this is coconut water. It's not coconut milk, but that's just what we call it milk. Anyway. Oideo! And it's kind of boring, but you just got to live with the boring part, too. Nothing exciting about getting that out. But this really tasty stuff. And if you got a Japanese wife, she's very grateful for it. So there you go. And then to open this up, all you do is just kind of whack around it. And it splits right in half perfectly. There you go. Whoops. I, boy, mom's mad. I wasted some juice there. Okay, then that's the meat inside. That's why you need the flat screwdriver, is to get in there and pry it out. Now you got to be careful when you're doing this because uh, if you uh, pry it out, you can see this is curved and what will happen is it goes down and it comes right back up into your hand and then you've got a hole in your hand and you don't want that. So anyway, there's that. Daughter unit gets a piece of coconut. Num num num, she doesn't want any. Anyway, so that's how you open a coconut. Um, so all of you people up in Wisconsin and uh, you know, Minnesota, Montana, wherever you are, 
and you want to know how to open up a coconut, you go out to your tree, wait for the coconut to fall, and then you do what I just did. You know they don't have coconut trees up there. They gotta come down here if they wanna survive the tribulation period. Or, accept Jesus, and then he'll rapture you out of here before the tribulation period, and you won't have to worry about this. But, just in case the ball drops before the rapture, that's what we're doing here. So, from Sarasota, Florida, to the land of coconuts, to wherever you are, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is my place. There's a baby new coconut over there. Have a great day. From the uh, International Business Times, alcoholism epidemic. More than one in eight Americans are now alcoholics. Alcoholism has risen 49% in the U.S. in just 11 years. What do you think has been going on in most of those past 11 years, right? It, we're completely dispirited because of the state of the nation, because of our previous president. Harmful levels of drinking are increasing among almost all demographics in the United States. The number of teetotalers is falling, while high-risk drinking and alcoholism rose sharply during the 11-year period. Despite its prevalence, Americans are not sufficiently aware of the alcoholism crisis. The increases in alcohol-related outcomes may have been overshadowed by increases in less prevalent drugs like marijuana and opioids. So, you know what it does say, though? It says in the Bible to give uh, alcohol or give uh, wine to him who is perishing, okay? And so, a lot of people are going to be perishing in the years ahead during the tribulation period, so might as well get ready now, right? I don't recommend that. I think everybody should call on Jesus and be saved from the wrath to come, but this is what it says. From NBC... Opioid crisis, the awful arithmetic of America's overdoses may have gotten worse. We've been told all of the bad statistics. It's much worse than we thought. A University of Virginia study says the number of deaths due to heroin and opioid overdoses have actually been severely underreported. Dr. Christopher Room revisited thousands of death certificates from 08 through 14. Guess what happened during those years, right? And concluded the mortality rates were 24% higher for opioids and 22% higher for heroin than had been previously reported. Now remember, we had a president that probably had somebody not reporting these things on purpose. Now we have somebody in office and they're going to say, well, we can go back and revisit this. Opioid mortality rate changes were considerably understated in Pennsylvania, Indiana, New Jersey, and Arizona. Increases in heroin death rates were understated in most states and by large amounts in Pennsylvania, Indiana, New Jersey, Louisiana, and Alabama. Nearly 35,000 people across America have died of heroin or opioid overdoses in 2015 alone. Room contends that one of the reasons U.S. officials have been unable to win this war is the lack of reliable information on the drugs causing fatal overdoses, right? Sad world we're living in. Morality today. The what? Killing, stealing, and destroying. That's, that's the devil. Morality today, mail online. Medical school launches first ever transgender surgery training program in the United States among huge surge in demand. And they already have four patients a week. Mount Sinai Center for Transgender Medicine and Surgery, they have an entire section devoted to this, opened early 2016. It has launched a program to train doctors to perform transgender surgeries. The program will train one new surgeon and one new well-needed psychiatrist a year. 
At Mount Sinai, there are roughly 500 people on the waiting list for surgeries because there are so few who can perform them. One psychiatrist, I think they probably need about 10 for every one of these. These people are a basket case to start with. Anyway, weasel zippers. Disney releases pro-gay marriage cartoon for preschoolers. Yes, Disney Junior released an episode of a cartoon aimed at preschoolers that depicted two married lesbian moms. Dr. McStuffins, sounds appropriate, a show about an aspiring doctor who fixes toys with help from friends, featured a family led by two moms in its August 5 episode called The Emergency Plan. And I think that they can go get stuffed. That's what I think, Mr. McStuffins or whatever. From Life News, sick new abortion simulator. I, I couldn't read this whole article. This is how bad it is. This is an app that you can download for your phone or your computer. It's an abortion simulator app lets you kill your babies in abortions. The game will put you right in the middle of the surgery room and let you, yes, I tell you, every week I say it's never going to get worse than it was the week before, and then we come up with something like this, all right? It will let you perform various abortions from early term to 24-plus week complex cases. It appears that players actually will use the surgical tools, and I can't read any more because I had to just censor the article. It is so perverse that I, I can't even tell you what it says. Go read it yourself. I'm not going to say that even on a, a video. It is that bad. Every week I think I've read the worst thing that I've ever read, and another one comes out, and people are making a joke about this. Other category. This is entitled Educate Me, Please, from Weasel Zippers. Yale covers up musket in stone carving of Puritans. They got these ancient stone things that were carved on the walls of Yale. They covered up a musket on a stone carving depicting a hostile interaction between a Puritan settler and an Indian, leaving the latter's bow and arrow uncovered. Yale's head librarian and the school's committee on art in public spaces decided the carving's presence at a reopened entrance to the school's library was not appropriate. So this guy got a guy with a musket, and they, they cover it up. All right, from Zero Hedge, Baltimore mayor offers solution to out-of-control homicides. Guess what it is? Free community college for all. Baltimore Mayor Kathleen Pugh announced her crime-fighting initiative. Her answer to a homicide rate that is double that of Chicago's is free community college for Baltimore youth. But the problem is there's nobody educated enough to go to community college. So what do you do about it? Zero hedge. It's absurd. Six Baltimore schools have zero students proficient in state math and English tests. Zero. Baltimore schools spending a staggering $16,000 per student, the fourth highest rate in the nation. And still, an investigation revealed that at six city schools, not one student scored proficient on either the statewide test for English or math. And they want to give free community college to everybody. Zero hedge. Baltimore school with zero students proficient in math has highest graduation rate. Yes, imagine that. Imagine that. From front page mag, community colleges may drop racist algebra. It's racist. Algebra is racist. Yes, yes. Mail online. Harvard considers banning fraternities, sororities, and single-gender clubs in a move to combat sexual assaults in exclusive groups. No more sororities or fraternities at Harvard. They're going to they're gonna drop that now. From the Daily Caller, not being stupid is cognitive 
privilege now, which is just like white privilege. So if you're smart, you have cognitive privilege. Yes, the University of Iowa's student newspapers announced the discovery of a special privilege which intelligent people acquire as an accident of birth. Cognitive privilege functions in essentially the same way as white privilege. So if you're white and you're smart, you are privileged and you need to be excommunicated. Yes. Mike Judge made a movie about this. It's called Idiocracy. Idiocracy. Yes, please watch that. That's exactly right. Okay, from Breitbart, Wisconsin Democrats, gun safety course inappropriate for high schoolers. Legislation to set up gun safety courses at public high schools is being blasted as inappropriate by Democrats. Yes, from the Daily Wire. California state system will no longer force students to know English and math to graduate. Okay? Campus reform. Professor lets students choose their own grades for stress reduction. Yes, a University of Georgia professor has adopted a stress reduction policy that will allow students to select their own grades as if they feel unduly stressed by the ones that they earned. Similarly, students who feel stressed by group dynamics are allowed to walk away from their groups without any explanation and will only be graded on the non group work. The professor acknowledges that this policy might hinder the student's development of group skills and mastery of the class material, but says this is each student's own responsibility. So you just pick your own grades and you're done. From uh, something completely off that topic now, we, we, what's that? They get a diploma. They get to pick their own grade and they get their diploma. Now, just so you know, we have tomorrow a eclipse which is going over the United States of America. It's made every prophecy blog, every prophecy update out there, okay? And I will tell you, this is my take on the Bible. No, no eclipse or no anything that happens anywhere except over Israel has bearing. That is my view on it. The Bible is located in Israel. The center of attention is Israel. And so that's how I feel about that. I could be completely wrong, but I don't think that there's any reason to suggest that a eclipse of anything has any bearing on prophecy unless it is in the land of Israel. Okay, that's just my take on that. But having said that, we do have some good thing that comes out of this eclipse coming over America from Fox News. Krispy Kreme creates solar eclipse-themed donut. On Monday, August 21st, the Winston-based Salem Company will be switching its original glaze to chocolate. August 21st will be the first time in 99 years that a total solar eclipse's path will cover the entire United States. The band of totality, the shadow of the moon, as it completely covers the sun, is only 70 miles wide, but there will be deliciousness all the way through those 70 miles. Thank you, Krispy Kreme. Okay, I've got a less Rick for you here. Um, Actually, his wife, who was an educator for many, many years, wrote this one. Her name is Kathy. She said, I get to choose my own grade. The professor doesn't care what I've made. I go to class less if it causes me stress for laziness. All my skills trade. There you go. I got an irony of the week for you, but first I want to let you know that um, Sergio and Rhoda, their video will be at the end of the uh, Prophecy Update, as always. All you need to do is just hit the uh, uh, link there, and it'll take you there automatically, and I also try to link it in the body of the Prophecy Updates. But at the very end of this particular video, this travel video, needs an exorcism. I can tell you that right now. Needs an exorcism. But here we go. Irony of the week from Aritz Shiva. 
Hezbollah, this is very ironic, it's not funny, but it is ironic. Hezbollah condemns van attack in Barcelona. It says ISIS ideology is based on hate. Uh, you know, you're talking about the haters of the universe there. And then from Mail Online, Zookeeper places his head inside a huge crocodile's mouth with predictable results. So yes, it bit him and it, it slung him around. So there you go. That's your irony of the week. And such is the world we live in from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, where there was a wonderful dog that treated soldiers all over the world. And uh, we are thankful that we had an opportunity to you know, know that dog. Even today, we can go back and read about it. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.